Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where I get you excited about investing in 15 minutes or less. All right, all right, all right. Before we jump into today's market news and today's topic, we got to get through the quote of the day, right? So today is Will Rogers, who was an actor in the early 1900s. Old fellow, obviously, but very wise words that I think every single person can relate to. So Will says, how many people spend money they earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like? Some uh, some hard honest truth there. I know uh, whenever I'm going through these quotes and I'm deciding on which one I wanna which one I wanna use, the ones that I feel personally attacked by, those are usually the ones that I know that are good. Okay, on to what's happening in the market news today. As always, guys, I get my news from a variety of sources: uh, Kiplinger, uh, Market News, Investopedia. Uh, the morning, the morning announcements, for a lack of a better term, that I use are from Investopedia. I think the the article is called The Express. They do a very, very good job. They get up way earlier than both of us, and they give us pertinent information about the about the economy and, and market news. So, let's see what's happening. Uh, Asian equity markets have started the week on a high note while European indexes are mixed. U.S. futures are pointed to a lower open, which they did. They did open lower. Uh, The yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury is stable, around 1.57. And oil prices, although still extremely high, are down slightly at around $63. Equity investors will see a wave of earnings report this week from companies including Coca-Cola, Netflix, United Airlines, uh, quite a few others too, guys. We're talking Netflix, AT&T, um... Snapchat. A lot of these different companies are also giving earnings reports this week. Uh, let's see. So far, the report card for all these companies are excellent, with companies beating analysts' forecasts by more than 20%, which is rather impressive. After reaching a, a high of $64,000, the most popular cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin, is down more than 15% from last week, which may seem like a mysterious drop down to just the average looker, but there's actually quite a legitimate reason for this, which we'll dive into a little bit later. Um, but on other news, China's central bank recently referred to Bitcoin as an investment alternative, which is a progressive sign for that government. A hundred percent. They were not with it uh, previous to that comment at all. Uh, U.S. and European regulators have taken a slightly different tone of late. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said Bitcoin is a little bit like gold and that it's more of a vehicle for speculation than making payments. European Central Bank's President Christine Lagarde in January aimed at, took aim at Bitcoin's role in facilitating criminal activity, saying cryptocurrency has been enabling funny business. What a real professional way to say that, right? Uh, okay, so let's just dive into that real quick. So why is Bitcoin down? Really simple. It's an easy tool for money laundering. There is no regulation of Bitcoin. There is no entity that regulates it quite like they do the stock market. Now, yeah, the bodies that regulate the stock market don't exactly have the best track record of clean ruling, I guess, for a lack of better terms. I want to be careful what I say because anytime somebody gets audited, there's always something to be found. So I want to be careful I don't uh, put myself in a position where they come knocking. But ultimately, guys, there's not this entity that is paid and its whole purpose is to regulate cryptocurrency. It's strictly on good faith. Uh, Now, you can claim somebody stole from you if you weren't able to get a a good transaction, but there isn't a body that's specifically meant for that. So in the stock market, there's literally insurance for people who invest. Now, it's not, it's usually off of uh, 
good faith and, and fraud and whatnot from an advisor or from an investor, but they do insure it. It's called SIPC insurance and they insure you up to, I think, I think $250,000 cash and $500,000 of investments. Don't quote me on that. I took my series seven a long time ago, but I believe that that's what it is. And guys, ultimately that's still not a lot of money because if you're looking at the stock market as a long-term investor, the amount of money you should actually have should be a multiple of that. And that's just my opinion. It's not specific advice towards anybody's case. But if you handled the stock market like an average person would 30 years ago and you did, I don't know, whatever, 10, 15% of your income over the last 30 years, you should have a lot more money than $500,000. Just my opinion. Um, But yeah, so that's why crypto is having an issue today, or at least Bitcoin, I think, is because they're cracking down on it. There is a lot of vehicles within the crypto market to have money laundering. Now, money laundering is just a funny term of hiding your tracks of where you got your money. So if you rob a bank and you put it into a bunch of different companies, well, it's hard for the FBI or for whoever it is to track it all the way back to you. That's not the same as it used to be like in the 60s or 70s. It's much, much, much harder to launder money now. And so crypto, because there isn't this regulated body, it's a little bit easier for them to do this. And so is that an excuse that the uh, the governing bodies of the stock market and banks and whatnot, of, of finances in general, is that an excuse for them to say, hey, we have to regulate this? Possibly. It possibly is. I definitely know that what they're saying is true. I just don't know if I necessarily trust um, the history of what has already been done for regulating investments uh, going forward to be all, it shouldn't be the same situation for crypto, I guess is what I'm saying. And I'll, I'll avoid examples of how these regulatory bodies haven't done a good job in the past, uh, just <laughs> for the sake of time. But it's just true. It's there. It's, you know, when you're dealing with other people's money, it's very, very difficult to uh, be judge, jury, and executioner. And so these regulating bodies, they don't have it easy. It's very difficult for them. And they take fiduciary responsibility from advisors very serious and that's part of the reason why crypto hasn't been in under their regulation yet as they don't quite know how they don't know how to do this the right way and so they're not just going to take a chance with other people's money right they're going to do it the very best way the first time or they're not going to do it but enough of that we got a couple other headlines we got to talk about so uh, half of all u.s adults have now received at least one covid19 vaccination dose Uh, that's impressive that they're already at that mark. Uh, the U S consumer product safety commission on Saturday said consumers should stop using the tread plus treadmill from exercise equipment maker Peloton. Apparently if small children are around, there's been some history there. Um, that's going to be unfortunate for Peloton's stock. I bet that has fallen in the last couple of days because of that. Uh, Coinbase insiders and early investors sold about $5 billion in shares in total during the leading cryptocurrency exchange. First day on trading on the NASDAQ. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, and then my personal favorite headline, George Sherman, the CEO of GameStop will, be, GameStop, will be stepping down in July. Not exactly the most riveting headlines, but George Sherman, the CEO, that's kind of a big one. And, I, you know, GameStop was a, was a meme stock, right? Wall Street bets, uh, God bless them. They decided to say, stick it to the man. And for some of you who don't know that story, I'll give you a the elevator pitch here, the elevator story, 30 seconds or less. 
GameStop was and still is not a good company to invest in, in my opinion, as is everything I say on here, but it just wasn't a good company. They overcharge for games that you can get online from Amazon or from Walmart or any other large retail investor or retail store, and it's just cheaper. And they overcharge for stuff, and some of their stuff breaks down, and they don't have good buyback programs. There's just a lot of reasons why I'm not a fan of, of the company, but they were being shorted by these massive hedge funds. And so some of these people on Wall Street and uh, Wall Street bets got together and said, screw these mega megalomaniac investors at these hedge funds. We're going to buy into GameStop. And God bless them for it. That was, I, I mean, I got a little emotional because you're sticking it to these people that want to screw over retail investors. And so that's sort of the jump into today's main topic is, is retail investor sentiment is down. So a retail investor, guys, is just any normal person who manages their own money. So think Joe Blow. He's a plumber. Um, he makes $30 an hour. And out of that $30, he's investing into an IRA and into an individual brokerage account. And he buys GameStop. He buys Apple. He buys Tesla, whatever. Anybody can do this stuff. You don't need an institution to do it for you. So I guess to compare apples here, uh, I am technically an institutional investor. My firm, 77 Financial Group, is an institutional investor. Just like uh, Goldman Sachs is an investment bank. They're considered an institutional investor. But, you know, Alan Smith, who is a plumber, he's considered a retail investor. So just a typical average person, right? So these people at Wall Street Bets, these retail investors, got together and said, screw these big banks, screw these people who are ripping off working folk, uh, sorry, I'm a little passionate about it, guys. I love that. That gets me hyped. That gets me excited because it shows that there is power when we all when we all team together. But other meme stocks, right? So AMC, um, I think there was an airline in there and GameStop. Those are a couple of them. But the news about retail investors that I wanted to talk about is there is significantly less trading volume in some of the biggest companies. So that's, that's the metric we use, the S&P 500. But part of that is because... These people want to invest in other other means. So we're talking crypto or they want to do gold or whatever it is. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's where the sentiment is going. And so to see that that's down over the last couple of weeks, I think actually months since February, uh, to see that retail investor sentiment is down, it's kind of scary. I'm not a fan of it, but I guess I, I understand it. But, and the big but here is that they're underperforming. So even the ones that are trading aren't doing very well. So since mid-February, the average retail investor has underperformed the S&P 500 by 11%. Now, and that's according to VandaTrack, which tracks retail investor sentiment. That just means that if you would have put $1,000 in the S&P 500, say it grew to, I don't know, 1,010, their investment would have gone down 11% regardless of what they were doing. So an average investment is the S&P 500. That's what people would consider the market and just investing in it and sort of just uh, buying and holding kind of investment. It's down 11% for uh, retail investors, which means that they're picking their own stuff and they're not doing a very good job at it, which is a little scary. Now, obviously that's an easy plug for me to say, hey, I don't make those mistakes. Uh, Yes, I do. Everybody makes mistakes. If me... You, uh, your best friend, Warren Buffett, your grandma, if anybody tells you they know what the stock market's going to do, don't believe them. Run in the other direction. Nobody really knows. 
Uh, all we can do is make the best educated guesses we can and go from there. I guess I'm lucky that the portfolios that I've designed for my clients have outperformed. Now, again, I'm not allowed to talk about performance. Look at, I'm not allowed to give specifics, right? But I can tell you that, you know, we're doing well and that is the expectation moving forward. And I see this and it, it gets me disheartened because it means that people, people aren't making the most that they can. And it, it just, it hurts my heart a little bit because you guys can do this stuff. You guys don't need somebody like me, but somebody like me helps. <laughs> I'll say that even the overpriced ones, the ones that rip you off. I think, uh, Vanguard had a study that said that if you had a financial advisor, I think you made an average of 3% more than people who did not have an advisor. 3% doesn't sound like a lot, but 3% on a million dollars, you know, what is that? 30 grand. Some people make 30 grand in a year. So to have that be a difference is, is kind of uh, kind of a big deal. So with that said, guys, that's the end of today's episode. Again, if you guys have any questions or want me to cover a topic, reach out. Uh, my Instagram is 77 Financial Group. My website is 77financialgroup.com. And you guys can always reach me on my email, james at 77financialgroup.com. Wow, saying all that at one time is exhausting. But guys, have a great day. As always, invest early, invest often. We'll see you guys later.